You're listening to The Kin Podcast, episode number four. I'm Marcela Chamorro, and in this episode, we're covering a topic I think about probably way too often. But it's a topic I think other people may not think about enough, and that's Freddie Mercury. What? No, <laughs> I'm kidding. The topic for today's episode is purpose. Though we may talk about Freddie a bit here or there, you'll see. Specifically, let's talk about what the actual purposes of the things we do, what certain activities exist for, what's necessary and what maybe isn't so much, and how creativity fits into the whole picture. Let's do this. Have you ever stopped to think about the purpose behind everything that you do? Sometimes the purpose of what we do is obvious, but other times not so much. You know, I started thinking about this last year when I was working at a nonprofit, one that I hold close to my heart. It was my first job out of college and I've done consulting for them ever since. And I had a stint with them last year in 2018 as director of marketing. And as you can imagine, part of working at an established organization is, of course, showing up, showing up to work at a specific time at a specific place, clocking in and clocking out, right? The majority of people do this day in and day out. It's there every day, commuting to an office, sitting at a desk, getting their work done, and then waiting for a certain hour to go home, or even waiting for a certain hour to have lunch sometimes. And I got to thinking about this because it kind of seems to me a little bit nonsensical. And maybe that's because I come from an entrepreneurial background, you know, um, I ran my own business for a few years before my kids were born. And, you know, that was a very different experience. So I started thinking, why do we have to show up at a certain hour every day? Why does the number of hours we're sitting there even matter? Why are we spending so much time in the same office building every day for weeks on end, sometimes years on end? You know, when you add up how long you spend in an office building, you know, it just kind of seems nonsensical sometimes to live somewhere else, to drive to the same place every day, to sit in a chair. Um, it kind of seemed odd when you think about it from kind of an evolutionary standpoint, how people a couple thousand years ago, even a couple hundred years ago, would think about us now in this new work environment, spending all this time commuting to sit in the same space every day. And sometimes we spend more time there than we do at home. All this stuff was on my mind. And I was just thinking, what is the purpose behind all of this repetitive living? And of course, some of it is important. Some circumstances call for in-person meetings. Some type of work has to be done on site. You know, I'm thinking of my aunt that works at a nuclear power plant in Florida. Her job is a very much on-site kind of job, and thank God for that, you know. Lots of jobs call for someone to show up at a certain time, at a certain place, to serve others. But lots of other jobs don't, which is why remote working has become such a huge thing. I mean, if you can't tell, for the line of work that I'm in, I'm a big fan of remote working. So I'll, I'll tell you a little side story here. When... The political crisis hit Nicaragua in April of 2018. I had just started my job three days before this crisis hit. And things got pretty nasty out on the streets pretty quickly. Uh, there were a few situations in which I was in physical danger. 
um, driving to and from work and things, you know, things in Nicaragua escalated very quickly and it lasted for quite a while. We're still in the midst of it, but, um, things are, I want to say safer, not better, (laughs) but safer for our everyday living at the moment. Um, there are pros and cons to that, but okay. So sticking to my story, I felt uncomfortable driving to and from work and putting myself in danger. And I felt the same for my team because my team, whoever I'm working with will forever and always be like my family. And so I got my team, the marketing team, special permission to work from home because the line of work that we're in doesn't require in-person meetings all the time. Sometimes collaboration is faster in person, but sometimes it's not. And, um, we worked from home for a few months and I felt very good about my decision to keep their safety as the most important thing at that time. So all of this got me thinking about what is the purpose behind every single decision that we make? So, you know, we know wake up in the morning, you have breakfast, you have lunch, you have dinner later in the day, you know the purpose behind that. You need to eat to keep on living, right? We need to breathe. The purpose of breathing is to keep on living. But it gets a little more murky when we think about, for example, our careers. It sounds like it's an easy starting point. You know, we all kind of grow up thinking that, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to be when you grow up? What do you, what college do you want to go to? Where are you applying? What, what's your uh, major? All this kind of stuff. What jobs are you applying to? Um, the questions start very early. You know, there are certain careers that are easily explained, right? Teachers, teachers educate children or peers for adults so that they can lead fulfilling lives. The purpose of a teacher is to educate and help others lead fulfilling lives. I mean, if you really think about it, then what is a fulfilling life? That's a very different answer for every single person out there listening. For me, that question, the purpose behind what I do has changed over the years pretty dramatically. Um, but at the source of it has always been serving, right? I, I like to share my experiences because I like to serve others. And, and the next episode will be particularly about serving. So I'll, I'll keep those details for the next episode, which you, you can listen to next week. But then I started thinking about music. Particularly because I had wanted to go on a date night with JJ. And this movie, Bohemian Rhapsody was advertised as being amazing. And I hadn't, you know, I hadn't really paid attention. Like I had listened to Queen for years, right? Like once you know what songs Queen performs, like you can't stop hearing them. They're everywhere. They're in movies, they're on the radio, they're uh, in commercials, they are on TV shows, like their music is everywhere. And so I was like, hey, JJ, let's check out the trailer for this movie. And so we watched the trailer for Bohemian Rhapsody and I was very intrigued. And at the, you know, there's, there's this very big scene in the trailer of this performance um, where that lead singer was wearing a white tank top and light jeans and whatever. And I was like, you know, I have a feeling that that's a real performance. So I don't know. Let's, you know, this is a biopic. Let's, let's find out. And so I started Googling 
queen performance and the first thing that popped up in my feed was which you know now i know is live aid so it's this performance where freddie mercury is particularly wearing this white shirt and these light jeans so i'm like okay that's the real thing let's watch this and i hit play and i was i think my life changed to be honest with you (laughs) so i had always thought that music was all about entertainment right we listen to music because to entertain us, you know, maybe even kind of like a balm for our human sufferings, something that soothes the spirit by making us, you know, either dance if it's an up-tempo number or not feel so alone in our emotions if it's a heartbreaking ballad, um, a balm for the spirit. That's what I thought until I watched Freddie Mercury perform at Live Aid. And, you know, this is a very popular YouTube clip It's amazing to me that this concert was performed a year before I was born. So this is way back in the day. And I had listened to Queen plenty in the past, but I had never seen them. I had never, I didn't know what they looked like. I didn't know who it was that performed this voice for We Will Rock You. You know, my my children are big fans of We Will Rock You. Um, My little guy, who's not even two, will particularly ask for it. We will walk you. We will walk you, he'll ask. And um, so I watched his performance. It's like 20 minutes long, and it was jaw-dropping. You know, it's... It was impossible for me even to believe that it was real. You know, and I've watched plenty of concerts in my life. Like I was first as a teenager obsessed with NSYNC. So, you know, the HBO and the, all this stuff, all the performances, I knew them backward and forward. I know their choreography. I know, you know, then it comes to Dave Matthews band. I love Dave Matthews and I've watched a ton of concerts, not in person, but uh, in person I've watched U2, which, you know, Bono is an amazing performer and many more. But so I'm watching Freddie Mercury on Live Aid and I can't believe that it's real. You know, he was so on point. He was so powerful, so connected to the crowd, so unbelievably confident. And like his voice, it was like from another planet. And remember, I had never seen Freddie Mercury, so I didn't even know about the teeth, which were, you know, I thought were kind of funky, but okay. (laughs) And I was just transfixed with this his performance. It wasn't actually the music because I had heard the music before, some of them, not all, uh, but I had never been so transcended by a performance. And in a very strange way, um, it made me, and I didn't understand why, it made me like believe in God even more than I did before. And that feels so weird to say. I asked myself, why is this performance moving me so much? But I did think, what a gift. What a gift that some people receive. You know, there's this performer, this amazing voice, who I know has written some of these songs, and he's just incredible. What I felt was awe. I was in awe of this performance. And I know that some people feel the same through sports. There's this quote that I love by Phil Knight, who's the founder of Nike. And he says, When sports are at their best, the spirit of the fan merges with the spirit of the athlete. And in that convergence, in that transference, is the oneness that the mystics talk about. And I imagine that that's how sports fans must feel when they're watching football and screaming at the TV and 
feeling the highs of the highs and the lows of the lows. You know, it's this moment of awe, of connection, of transcendence. And I think a lot of people also feel that when they, you know, they go hiking to get that amazing view at the top of the mountain. And that's why we love traveling to the Rockies or, you know, to any mountain range and look at that view of all those beautiful mountainscapes. We just think, wow, how is this real? This is God. It's being in the moment when you can't focus on anything else but the beauty of the present moment. And that's what I felt with watching Live Aid. It sounds so silly, honestly. I realize how silly this sounds, but it was my experience. It's the truth. There's a quote that really brought this together for me that I read in Christianity Today. And the quote reads, it's a little bit long, so stick with me. It's beautiful. Creative expression is not only about expressing ourselves, not only about voicing our own thoughts and feelings, not only about exercising our own imaginations and vision. In a larger sense, creativity is about reflecting the image of God to the world. Whenever we create a beautiful photograph or a beautiful garden, we reflect some of God's beauty. A beautiful friendship reflects some of God's goodness and care. A beautiful meal expresses some of God's provision in nourishing our physical bodies and nurturing relationships around our table. Just as the created world points us to the creator, so human creativity also points us to God, inviting wonder, inspiring us to look beyond ourselves, giving us a glimpse of glory. And part of this is what I experienced watching the Queen performance on Live Aid, isn't it? You know, it was that showmanship And that's why I decided it was time I pursue this kin project, which had been brewing in my heart for years. I mean, years. I know that, you know, it was even a couple years ago that I started writing more on my blog about motherhood and, and, uh, and spirituality. And I had a few people write to me and, and reply who had been longtime readers of my blog and say, I think I'm going to opt out now. <laughs> and I was like, that's okay. You know, everybody pivots and this is my pivot. And, um, but I never really gave myself the permission to really go full force with this. And that's what I'm doing now because it made, you know, that quote from Christianity today really made me realize that what I'm trying to do here makes sense. What I'm trying to do through my photography, uh, it makes sense. You know, there's a million reasons why I hadn't pursued kin until now, but when I started thinking about the purpose of my life, it suddenly made sense that this is what I'm supposed to be doing right now. Talking to people about love, about spirituality, about their faith, about their children, about their lives. But you know, but this podcast isn't the only thing I'm doing. I'm also exploring my photography and a very specific type of photography, candid family photography, which means I take photos of families that are not posed. I want smiles, of course, but I want the smiles to be for each other, not for the camera. I want to capture real moments of a family enjoying each other, interacting and being present with each other. You know, it's a way of capturing and reflecting the image of God to the world, showing the power of love, that love does exist, and it is the only currency that matters. And it's hard to know. It's hard to know what your purpose is in the world, but it's okay for it to fluctuate, is what I've come to realize. It's okay for your purpose to manifest itself in different ways. And something else that I've realized about purpose is there are other things that we need to observe. It's not just our careers that matter, of course. What about how you feel? What about the worry that you carry around? 
think about this. What is the purpose of worry? And there's this wonderful quote from Seneca that I'm going to share with you. All this hurrying from place to place won't bring you any relief. For you're traveling in the company of your own emotions, followed by your troubles all the way. And I realized that worry really has no purpose. There are things that you can do with worry, of course, because it's a natural thing that we feel. You can either act on it or you won't. And those are the only two options you have. And I think that, you know, this might be me just exploring what is the point? What is the point to all of it? We're not, we're not sure. You know, there is no way of knowing. You know, purpose fluctuates, but it's worth thinking about. And I've been thinking about this for a while, like I said, thinking about where we spend our time, what we spend it on, all of these things that really do matter. And there's a quote that I love that says, Open your eyes and see what you can with them before they close forever. And so with that really dark thought, this episode's over. No, I'm kidding. That is not a dark thought. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to point all of your actions, all of your emotions more directly toward God. And so today I invite you to ask yourself, what is the purpose of all that you're doing, of your feelings, of your emotions, of your worry? What is the purpose and how can you reconfigure them or reconfigure your actions to more directly serve God? But now that we're on the topic of our eyes, I'm going to go hop on over to YouTube and watch Live Aid again. Watch my boy Freddie Mercury kill it. And I hope that you will be inspired by this episode, this very rambly episode, to go watch it as well. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Kin Show. You can check out the show notes at kinpodcast.com, where I'll post all the information I talked about here, including the quotes I mentioned, all the links, the books, all of that, over at www.kinpodcast.com. A very special thank you to my friend Mario Callejas for providing the music for this show. Check him out on Spotify to listen to my favorite song, Yellow. Search for Mario Callejas. He's the bomb. And thank you for listening. I would really appreciate it if you had some time to hop on over to iTunes and give us a maybe five-star review. And, you know, it's the best way to help other people like you find and enjoy the show as well. And I'll be ever so grateful if you help me get the word out. Stay tuned for the next episode of Kin next week.